0: I get to talk about prayer today, which is very fun. I love prayer. I love that I can look upon my life and I can see that big and small There are many miracles that have happened in my life that I know, I know that I know that I know that it's because God heard my prayer or He heard my parents' prayer or He heard my grandparents' prayer or He heard my community's prayer and He heard us, He heard me and He responded and then I was able to receive. It's so beautiful that we get to be a part of a a relationship with God that works like that. I think about those miracles big and small in my life. One of them, um, I was sitting in a specialist's office with Micah and um, we had this team of specialists and I was trying to explain the unexplainable. See, they were trying to figure out what, which new medication it was that meant his lungs went from 60% capacity to 80% capacity really quickly. The problem was he hadn't taken any new medication. And so I was trying to explain that it was perhaps the high dose of vitamin C, vitamin D, or, or else it was the community that had been praying for him. Amazing. Another one of these miracle moments actually wasn't in answered prayer like that. It was in unanswered prayer. And it was when I was sitting in a specialist office with my daughter. And with all of the effort, with all of the new medication, with everything, with all the prayer, with everything we've been trying, there was no change. And after our appointment, she said, but I have to say, She said, it is very rare that you would see mum and child both still smiling and happy with this particular condition. That right there is another miracle. How do you explain that? How do you explain that I have this real experienced joy and hopefulness and peace even in that? That's a miracle as well. And I bet if I was to just open up the floor, which I'd actually love to do, And just, you know, like one by one, if you came up and you started sharing these miracles, big and small, of how you cried out to God or someone cried out to God and, and you know that He answered you, that He lent in, that He worked on your behalf, it would be amazing. I think it could go all day and probably go into the next few days. I love that. But you know, that's not just, that's not all that prayer is that we pray to Him, that He hears us, that He responds and we receive. That's not all there is to prayer. So prayer is also about relationship. It's about communion through communication. It's about communing with Him. I love marriages, I do. And I especially love the ones that have been going for a really long time. (laughs) You see the ones that, that, you see that either in marriage over time a couple will either grow apart or deepen together. And it's so beautiful when you see the ones that have deepened together, that they've entered their 50s, their 60s, their 70s, their 80s with such gratefulness and contentment with the shared life that they have with their other half. It's such a gift. It's beautiful. One of my favourite things that I watched on Netflix um, was My Love. And it's this little documentary and interviews of the six most in-loved, seasoned couples <laughs> in their sunset years that have been married 50, 60, 70 years, and they just follow them around for a year. And it is the most wholesome, beautiful thing to watch. I tell you, I loved it. I loved it so much. And what you see with these marriages that grow and deepen together over the years, you see that there's this communication that goes both ways. It's I hear you and you hear me. And we don't stop talking to each other. We don't stop being honest with each other. So those that grow apart, you'll find that they can only stomach being strangers under one roof for so long. Eventually one walks. And you know, that same goes with our relationship with the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. We don't want to become strangers with the one that said he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that he would be with us to the end of the age, yet we stop talking. We stop growing in our communication with him and we have to be okay that in our prayer life with him, that we're the ones that do all the talking, <laughs> not all the talking, but most the talking. In this, my love, one of the episodes that I watched, the wife just did all the talking. She just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. There was like not a breath between it. And he just, it was so cute. He just was happy to be there, happy to listen. And though he didn't really respond too much, he did in his body language, he would turn to her and he would smile. And he was saying, I hear you. And every so often when he talked, she would like lean right in and listen, saying, I hear you. And in our prayer life, it's a little bit like that. We come to God and we talk and we talk and we talk. And he might just be like that old man (laughs) with a smile, I hear you. And if you go to him long enough, often enough, eventually, He will speak and you will hear Him. So as we begin our prayer series, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Are you happy with your prayer life? Do you look forward to those minutes where your words are carried up to heaven? Or do they feel like they fall to the floor? Do you speak to God unguarded and with ease like you would your best friend? Do you recognise your own voice as yours? Does it sound like you? Is it honest and open? Do you know how to pray for the same thing repeatedly, holding faith and surrender intention? Do you process disappointments and struggles in prayer? Do you come away with peace, acceptance, and a bit more healing? Do you sometimes sense God's presence in your prayer? Do you occasionally find yourself overcome in awe that the sovereign God would lean in to converse with you? Do you see answers to your prayer? Do you sometimes hear or sense God talking back? Do you have a place of prayer or a time you go to pray? Are you happy with your prayer life? C.S. Lewis said, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. Let's pray. Oh, Father, Lord, we're here because our hearts seek you. We seek to know you more, Lord. We seek to know you. I thank you, Lord, that you're So grateful when we come before you, when we want to open our hearts and just talk with you. Lord, I pray that your spirit would breathe upon the embers that are our prayer lives, or you would stoke the fire, or you would reignite it once again. And may we grow as a community in prayer. And may it become the favourite part of our day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The little passage that we're going to be focused on today is Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it's a really great passage where uh, Jesus had gone, it said he'd gone to a certain place to pray. Jesus liked certain places. He had certain places that were his preferred places that he would go to pray. And so he went there as, as he did often. And as he came back, you see that However it was that he came back to his disciples after his prayer, they obviously took note that it was something that they wanted. And so when he came back and sat with his disciples, one of his disciples said to him, "'Lord, teach us how to pray. "'Teach us how to pray.'" And I hope that that is the cry of our heart, "'Lord, teach us how to pray.'" And so we're going to take the roadmap that we've got is the Lord's Prayer. So when he said, teach us how to pray, he said, sure thing, and he gave them the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to read that together, all right? So here it is up here. I'll start, and you can join in with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, And forgive us our sins as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Beautiful. So we're going to be going through line by line, and we're going to go through teaching like on adoration, on petition, on intercession, unanswered prayer, listening, contemplation, and spiritual warfare. Sound good? All right. Very good. <laughs> but today I'm going to share just a little like practical teaching that will really set us up and help us on this journey. And so the first encouragement of the three encouragements is keep it simple. Keep it simple. In your prayers, keep it simple. The writer of this material that we're going to be going through, he said we have to keep it simple so that the most natural thing in the world doesn't become complicated, weird and intense. And I just love that so much because I think, you know, sometimes it does become complicated, weird and intense and you think like, oh, am I doing this right? But man, we've got to keep it simple. Jesus warned us specifically about getting overcomplicated in prayer. You'll see this in Matthew 6, verse seven and all the translations are great, but I'm going to read the message translation. And he said that the world is so full The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows what you need, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, we can play very simply like this. And he went on to the Lord's Prayer. I love what an archbishop said. He said that the Lord's prayer is simple enough to be memorised by small children, yet profound enough to sustain a whole lifetime of prayer. He's tricky like that, Jesus. Something so simple that a child could memorise it and get something out of it, but profound enough that it would carry us and sustain us through a lifetime of prayer. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that. Simple. Simple prayers. I think sometimes the most profound prayers we can pray are the most simple prayers. God, I need you. God, where are you? God, help. God, I want to know you more. Lord, change my heart. It's these prayers that are so profound yet so simple I think for me, there was such a huge shift in my prayer life when I just changed um, my formal introduction to God to something more informal. I used to start my prayers with, Dear God. And that's just not how I talk. If you talk like that, that's fine. And so I just made the switch from, Dear God, to, Good morning, Lord. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, God. And it was amazing just what this one little shift of using my natural language and the way I would talk to anybody, especially the person closest to me, that it just like what flowed from that was just this beautiful simplicity and honesty in my prayers. This here is um, my prayer like journal and it's not like a journal where I like write out what happened every day, it's basically I just talk to God every day. And so it sounds like, thing, like, like this. Good morning, God. How are you? He's usually good. <laughs> I'm doing my best to remain in your kingdom ways. There is life there. Even in trial, pain, and death, nothing can take away from me peace, joy, and hope that I have through and in my Saviour, now and forevermore. I may become fearless through this. Good job, devil, huh? Joke's on you, he's such an idiot. But your wisdom, sounds like me. Good morning, Jesus, how are you? <laughs> Another day of rain. <laughs> nice. <laughs> how can I be part of what you're doing? What breaks your heart? What blesses you? How can I better serve you? Better be in sync with you? Am I living in your kingdom? Am I getting it? What am I missing? What is tripping me up? Good morning, Lord. Another summer's day of rain. <laughs> Father, protect us. Be our fortress. Let no one rise up and attack us without going through you first. Thank you that you are our redeemer. We, blessed, we love that you bless us that we can trust you, bless your name. I'm not saying this is how you should pray, I'm just saying this sounds like me and this is my honest heart before God. And actually some of the things that I didn't share, I think some of my most beautiful and poetic writing is in here and it's just to God because it's between us and it's this overflow of my heart and my relationship with Him. It sounds like me, so when you come before God I just, I hope it sounds like you. I hope it's simple. I hope it's honest. There are no rules and there are no formulas when it comes to prayer. You know, if my kids came to me and only spoke to me really formally and really polite, and then I saw them go out and just converse naturally, laughing with others, I would feel like I'm really missing out on knowing them and that they're really missing out on knowing me. I wonder if that's how he feels with us sometimes. So we've gotta keep it simple gotta keep it real, I read that God is too real to be met other, anywhere other than in reality. He's too real to be met anywhere other than in reality. With my loved ones, I don't wanna hear from them what they think I wanna hear from them. I want to hear their heart. I want to hear their heart. And God doesn't want us to come before Him and say the things that we think He wants to hear from us. He just wants to hear your heart. He just wants to hear your heart and He's grateful that you're there. Psalm 51 verse 16, and I'll read the message translation again. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learnt God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. If you're struggling with faith, God doesn't want you to come to Him in prayer and pretend that you're not struggling with faith. He wants you to come to Him honest. I love a great example of that is in the book of Mark when this father brings his son who was struggling, who was having many seizures and the disciples couldn't heal him. And this father brings his son to Jesus and he says, if you can... If you can, please heal him. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And I love this. Then the father cried out instantly, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And man, I've felt like that so many times in a season of waiting on God. It's like, I do believe, but help my unbelief. See, Jesus didn't rebuke this father for being honest. He didn't rebuke him saying, you need more faith. I think he was just grateful for his honest heart that he would bring his son to him and for the faith that he did have. So we've got to remember when we're telling God the truth, the truth in our heart, he is very close to us. He becomes very close to us then, remembering the truth is where he lives. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. Keep it up. One of my favourite parables that if you've been here for a while, I've shared it over and over and over in my many different messages. It's the parable of the persistent widow. I love her. (laughs) I love her a lot. And I love the clarity of Jesus. He speaks so plainly of what this parable is about and why he's giving us this parable. He starts in Luke 18, verse 1. He says to his disciples, Um, he told them a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So that's why he gave us this parable, so that we would be encouraged to always pray and not give up. And this parable is of this widow and she didn't get justice from this judge. He was an unjust judge. It said that he didn't care about God, he didn't care about people, so he didn't care about her. And she just kept going to him and going to him day after day after day, going to this unjust judge. And it said in the parable that this unjust judge, not because he cared about God, not because he cared about this woman, not because he even cared about justice, but because she was so annoying, he gave her the justice. And Jesus gave us this as an example, as an encouragement to say, keep it up. Don't stop coming to me. Don't stop coming to me. If you're praying for something that's worth fighting for, then don't stop bringing it to God. You know, some days we go with like a passionate prayer. We feel inspired to pray again. But other days, you know it. You've prayed it a million times. You don't wanna pray it again. You don't have that feeling of passion. You don't have that feeling of faith. He's saying regardless of your feelings, pray it again. Keep coming to me. Keep it up. Because he shows us that this type of prayer moves our Father's heart. It moves our Father's heart. We've got to keep it up. And if we're going to keep it up, then we can't rely on our feelings (laughs) to pray when we want to pray. We can't just rely that we're going to feel inspired every day, right? I I love this um, quote that said, a Christian who prays only when they feel like it may survive, but they will never thrive. (laughs) Their vast innate potential will be stunted because grace needs a little space to take root between the cracks of a person's life. Do you have a place? Do you have a space? Do you have a time? Jesus modelled that he had certain places that he loved to go and pray Certain places. Do you have a certain place? For me, my certain place is under our oak tree on the swing. <laughs> I don't, I'm not like swinging, <laughs> but just sitting on it. And that's my place. And as soon as I get there, I just, I know, this is, this is where, this is my place. This is where I pray. My Oma had a place. She had a whole prayer room. And eventually, she just moved into that room. She put a bed in there because she was in there all the time. Like prayer requests were glued up, tacked up all over the walls. And you could find her on her knees whenever you walked in. And I tell you, you enter that room and you're like, it's like these prayer-soaked walls. I've heard of stories of people that decided to buy a chair. And that chair would be their prayer chair. And I've heard stories of how that chair, the family members watched their father or their mother or their sister, watched them transform through all of this prayer and this chair and that it then became this legacy that they would pass down from generation to generation and everybody knew the significance of that chair. Do you have a place? Where is your place? Albert Einstein said that we, have, we can live as if nothing is a miracle or as if everything is a miracle. And when I go on my swing, <laughs> but you know, when it's raining indoors, and I just recognise everything is a miracle. And I think about all of the miracles day in, day out that God does in my life. Prayer, honest and open before God, simple, real, persistent prayers. Why don't you stand up and I'd love to pray for you and commit our prayer journey as a community, as a whānau. I love that he's calling us to go even deeper in prayer, to be a people of prayer. Father God, how beautiful it is that we can talk to you. I thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. It's because you died and we can experience and have your righteousness that we can even just come before God as we are and come confidently, knowing his love for us and just talk and get to know you. And how incredible that that's enough. Like, that is amazing. But you even ask us to bring our request to you. And as you hear us, you, you interact with us and you move on our behalf. And so we do lift Charlotte up to you again, Lord, as her church family. And Lord, I think it's no coincidence that that parable that I, not the parable, the story that I shared about the father that brought that son to you was a boy that kept having seizures and these seizures were causing him all kinds of trouble and you healed him. And so Jesus, in faith, we ask that you would heal her. Thank you, Lord. And God, as we begin and enter this time of learning and growing in prayer, ah oh, may we come alive. Remove any barriers, remove any blockages. Thank you that we don't need to be eloquent and know heaps of scripture, but we can just talk to you how we would talk to you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We bless your name.